All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour, Edward Carbajal. As always with Matthew Hawkins, we are coming at you the week, the um, Tuesday after UFC 259. This episode, like all episodes, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you visit AllAccessMMA.com for your MMA news. Matt, your boy, Herb Dean, star of the show, UFC 259. What's good? Oh, before we uh, before we uh, continue for our audio listeners, um, I did an interview for SureDog.com uh, with Aaron Jeffrey, who is fighting at CFFC 93 this Friday on UFC Fight Pass. He's the main event fighting for the middleweight title. Um, so make sure if you're on the audio platform, you listen to that interview after Matt and I are done looking back at UFC 259. So um, I, I figured I'd open with that one, Matt, because uh, I mean we were literally talking about it when it happened when stuff was going on that night yeah um right off the bat i mean uh the card started off extremely well uh, a lot of good action and then uh and then as you said uh herb dean decided to uh to make his appearance uh and it was it was after uh referee mark smith had already made a a borderline stoppage but um god i, I mean we're talking about the kai Kara france uh rogerio uh Bontarine. Uh, fight, uh, fight where France was in grappling hell for the first four and a half minutes of it or so, and yeah, was uh, rough. <laughs> and then he fought through it. Um, fans watching obviously see my camera freezing. I'm not sure why, but uh, audio seems to be holding. Um, yeah. So it, it, when the fight ended, uh, we ended up with a situation where uh, France, you know, knocked him out or knocked his opponent down. Does a walk away KO basically circles around the ring and then comes back around the side. Like he's going to, uh, he's going to blindside his opponent. Uh, really a weird, weird situation. Uh, seemed like a real lackadaisical, uh, calling of the fight from, uh, Herb Dean. I'm not sure exactly how you saw it. Obviously I'm biased when it comes against him. It just seems like, um, the more I say about him being lazy and being yeah, kind of, kind of out of it seems to be coming more and more true. The more, the well, more he, I mean, again, I don't like to call him lazy or whatever, but I mean, uh, I it's definitely there's maybe there's some. It's either I mean, think about it. You know, they use him so much. He's either I don't want to say complacent, but maybe it's just becoming to uh, uh, covered refing so often, so many events. Maybe there's a little burnout there, or, or you know. A, it's it's you have to wonder if it's a situation if he says give me a goddamn break and he, they never use him again, or and, and it costs them money. You know what I mean? So I think it's just uh, one of those cases. Again, anyone that does anything for too long does experience some form of burnout or you know what have you. So I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to because I, I actually a big fan of Herb Dean, especially like I remember when people came on top. But we talked about it before when people jumped on him for the Tim Sylvia arm break and, you know, people were giving him shit for that. Then it turns out that not only was it the, the, a great move. I mean, even Sylvia himself thanked him later. So I, I, I yeah, he's not to me, he's still not at the level of uh, Yamasaki or Mazagati or any of those other horrible refs. I mean, dude from earlier, Mark Smith, that was even more aggravating to me. Uh, with the uh, Medich and uh, Cruz fight, where it it looked like he was doing a Zumba workout, 
you know, before he decided to to jump in and stop that fight. Like he literally circled them for I mean, when you when you got several members of the broadcast team, you know, <laughs> freaking out, like, come on already. I don't know. I mean I I, I, I was I was kind of mixed on that one. And it seemed like Twitter was a little mixed on it. I, I know Nolan. I, I know. Yeah, I was going to say Nolan was all. Yeah, uh, certain people were, and, and I can see it from both sides. Um, I think it was pretty clear that that fight was over. It was just a matter of time. Uh, so, but the guy kept responding to the referee. The guy, yeah. I guess the difference between me and Mark Smith is Mark Smith was kind of communicating with the guy. He was going, keep moving, you know, stuff like that. Herb Dean just seems like it's just a. It just seems like he's going through the motions. And again, like mm-hmm. I said, I've been one of his toughest critics, so maybe I'm not the right person to constantly pick and pick at him. But it just seems like it's just, I mean, my God, wave, what, put your hand in the air, wave the fight off. That's all you have to do. You know, instead he acts like he doesn't know what he's doing. And it wasn't like, was the fight stopped? Was it not? You know, um, if Kai Kara France runs over there I and mean, clocks the dude, is Kai Kara France suspended now? For pulling like a a, a a Paul Daly move, I mean, what are we what are we dealing with? Or or, or is the referee going to go? Oh well, I didn't really wave it off. I did I did nothing professional to let anybody know that the fight was stopped. I didn't even really try to help the dude who was dazed out of his ass, falling over in front of me. You know, like I'm, I I just I couldn't I couldn't quite figure out what he was doing. I just felt I mean, like for me know. when you when I'm watching a fight and and someone falls frontward face first and and they don't kind of catch themselves that that's kind of an indicator to stop the fight. I mean, I I, I hear what you say because it did look like he was apprehensive when that happened and it almost looked like he didn't know that you know I I get where you, where you and a couple other people are coming from and and it's you know. It's a little more often than than I've been used to, but I mean that's why I'm saying like I honestly think there comes a point. I mean John McCarthy would be well, I'd rather not hear him say it. You could listen to it and then tell me if I'm right later. But if if he like talks about how how if that does happen with referees, um, you know what I mean? Like like maybe that's that's a thing that that uh, that happens. But um, I mean whatever there. I, I imagine getting referees during COVID, or, you know, times are scarce. So to me, it's either a case of burnout and he needs a break or, or I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I just wonder, I mean, I don't know what goes beyond the scenes with referees. It'd be great to get one on the show one of these days, because I would love to know, like, if there's a review process, do they sit, do they all get together after the event and watch the fights? Is there, uh, you know, is there any kind of like, why didn't you wave this off, Herb? Like when you ran over there and you made contact with Kai Kara France, when he ran into you, you didn't really grab him. He just kind of r- circled back into you when he was doing his walk-off KO. And then he bounced off you. And then you went over to the other dude and you didn't wave it off yet. You're standing over his body as he's trying to stand back up and then falling back over. And then you see the dude circle around and come from the you know right side about ready to clock the guy. At, at that point, you push him away. I mean, what – again, like if Herbert clearly stopped that fight, don't you think there would have been a nice like F bomb for France? Like what the yeah. fuck are you doing coming around here? Like you're going to, you know, hammer fist the dude who's on the ground. Like there was no, because Herb knew that he didn't do any clear stoppage. Otherwise he would have been more first forceful with France. It, the whole thing was chaos. He's looking around like he doesn't know what to do. And again, I, I feel like he's just, it just gets worse and worse. So I don't know. My, my fear is that one day he's going to cost somebody big time. Uh, I mean, one might argue he cost Robbie Lawler. That one was way questionable. The, the, the bulldog choke with Askren. 
but you know, and as far as the face plant goes, I tend to agree with you. I don't like the walk off KO, especially for a 125 pounder. This isn't Mark Hunt and putting somebody down. You know, there's a good chance the dude's going to bounce his face off the ground, roll over, and probably still be semi conscious. So we, we do have a little bit of a, you know, I do understand the referee wanting to get a look at somebody, but you can't just, it can't be lackadaisical. And yeah. then one day somebody's well, really going to get hurt and, or or he's going to cost somebody. It's just going to be a terrible stoppage. I feel like we're just getting closer, and he keeps getting the big fights. I mean, he well, gets the main event after that. And it's. I mean, uh, let's 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 get off of that and move a little yeah. bit up ahead to the to the co-main event because it looks like there's some. As we're recording this, it looks like there's some breaking news. Apparently, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure the context because I didn't see it. I actually got the alert when she went live, but. Megan Anderson said on during her Twitch stream that the UFC women's featherweight division is folding. Mm-hmm. Um, you I know, she lost well. she lost her co-main event uh, bout against uh, Amanda Nunes, which is uh, I don't know, man. I mean, if if that's the case, with the if I mean, because that's I mean, well, the case, it's the best news for the women's one hundred forty five pound division. Those women can go mm-hmm. fight in Bellator where they actually have a real division and they can mm-hmm. fight real women that are 145 pounders. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's no, you know, like Megan Anderson's not getting rich fighting for the UFC. Let's be serious. She's going to make probably yeah. the same purse fighting for Bellator. No, she's, she just made Twitch a uh, <laughs> partner. So you know she's making mean? her like, money there. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, yeah, I just, I feel like that that's fine. The UFC was never, the UFC never wanted the 145 pound division. The no, they definitely. They, the only reason yeah. they did it is to block Cyborg at the time from going to Bellator. Yeah. And they created it for, that was all it was created for. And, and the bottom line is they lined up Nunez. Nunez was their golden goose to beat Cyborg, was a way yeah. to push Cyborg out the door. And then they just had to go through their motions here. You give all other two, your other two, you have Spencer and you give Megan Anderson a shot. Nobody else is even a 500 record in that division. So, it, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's up and coming girl from the contender series who's fighting uh, Spencer coming up. Um, that's going to be the last light heavyweight or the last uh, flyweight fight. Um, yeah. I mean, who, who I mean, the, then what do they do with people like Spencer and the like? You know, they go, they let them go, and they go to Bellator. They I go to so. PFL. That's true. They do have to cut their roster. You keep talking about their inflated roster, so this is probably part of that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Actually, you know, I mean, who else are they going to fight? At least Bellator has like five, six, seven, eight girls. You know, I mean, they're 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 five, six deep at at, at that weight class. Um, and and I mean, Megan Anderson, Julia Bud sounds like a fun fight to me. I mean, there's some good, there's some cool potential fights there. So I don't think it's a problem. Nunes can go back down to 135, not hold up that division. Um, and and she can always claim to be the double champ and UFC can promote her as that. And if some Goliath comes along who's kicking ass at 145 and, you know, if Kyla Harrison drops down one day and wants to challenge her just for an off 145 fight, then you, it's available. You, you still got, It's not like the, the belt disappears. It's not like the UFC can't just have a fight. You know, yeah, no, they did. You know, I mean, they'll do whatever they, they got to do to make. They money. did the BMF thing out of the blue, so that, exactly. I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. I think it's great for Bellator. I think it's potentially great for PFL. Um, I mean, anybody that wants to do a division with 145, you just got you, now. Now you got four, five, six other girls now available. Yeah. You know, and, and Bellator now, if Bellator could sign them all, all of a sudden that division's looking pretty good. Hey, you there's know? a women's featherweight tournament. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you get real close. You know, I mean, uh, Anger Fist versus either of these girls, you know, uh, yeah. like I said, Bud, Cyborg, uh, Noguera. I mean, there's some other, 
girls at that weight class. So, um, but anyway, so that to recap that fight, uh, you know, no disrespect to Megan mm-hmm. Anderson, but it was basically a squash match. Uh, Cyborg or not Cyborg. Say, what goes, are you going to recap? Nunes <laughs> goes out there. Um, I mean, I, I guess I got to pat myself a little bit on the back uh, saying that I thought Nunes might go for the takedown, uh, which she really didn't. She just ended up on the ground. But uh, once that happened, it was, it was quick submission time. Uh, in I mean, listen, I know, I know Anderson's more capable of than what we saw. Like, you know, given her height and reach advantage that she could have had in user, I, I honestly do think there was a script. There was a shot of her walking into the arena that folks were commenting. She didn't look too good. She was, you know, she was, she didn't look like she was healthy or whatever. So who knows if there was weight cut issues or what have you, but, or it could be nerves. I, I feel like we've seen her. I don't want to say fold under the pressure, but we've definitely seen her under underperform when she's been on these dominant streaks. And, and I wonder, I wonder how much of that is uh, mental warfare in her own head that she does to herself. Um, there was definitely some apprehension that I kind of got, just got from watching as soon as it, it started. I know there's not a lot to watch. It was over pretty fast, but uh, I just feel like, I feel like maybe all, I feel like sometimes when she gets to uh, a big, the big show or whatever you want to call it, cause she's been there, but you know, I just, I just feel like that's not the, the, I think this, the first time I noticed it was when she fought Spencer, right? Didn't she lose to her? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's when I that's when I noticed that, and then I just got I just got that same vibe again because I I really like Megan Anderson a lot actually. I mean, I watched her you know climb to the title in Invicta, and you know, top of being a hot ass Australian tall chick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like I definitely uh, I've definitely was was on board with her. Actually, I put money on her to win because she was such a huge underdog. It's hard not to, but. I saw there the same my photos. Yeah, I saw the same <laughs> photos and the same videos you did of her walking into the arena. Usually, I I tend to be a little bit. Uh, I don't take put a lot of weight in those um, because they seem to. I seem to you see people say that all the time. Oh, they don't look right or whatever, and that it doesn't yeah. matter. This time, she actually did kind of have a look in her eyes where it it, it, it caught yeah. my attention, and it seemed to have caught your attention and some other people. I also felt like when she was even in the ring. I was kind of having like that Leon Spinks, Mike Tyson moment where like she looked again. I, and I don't have any idea what the mental situation of an MMA fighter at this level is, but she looked like you said, nervous. I don't really want to say scared, but she looked like nerves or something had taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, even when she got hit, she seemed like she was kind of stiff and kind of, it just didn't seem like there was anything there that night for her. It seemed like it was like, it was just going through the motions and um, maybe that's just Nunes. Maybe that's just how good Nunes is that she can make somebody look like that, but it didn't seem right. Something definitely felt off um, and, and who knows what it was or if it was just nerves or, or it was nothing. And we're just, we're just seeing stuff that wasn't yeah. there, but um, yeah, interesting. Again, Nunes goes down to light heavy or uh, I see like exactly these heavyweights. Uh, <laughs> the, she goes back down to the Bantamweight 135. And, yeah, Dan, uh, Dana like White Juliana said he Pena. wants to. Yeah, Dana White said he wants to turn her turn her around quickly. So, I mean, I don't know if that's picking up enough steam to make that happen. I feel like uh, Amanda Nunes is someone that doesn't do quick turnarounds, especially because she's smart. One of the things we saw about you know how, how good she is, she's smart about when she uh, prepares for her fights. If you look at 
Look at her fights uh, at 145 against people. She always wanted to take the extra time to acclimate herself, you know, to putting on the weight and stuff like that and being strong at that weight. And she does the same thing when she goes down. So I feel like a quick turnaround with her is probably not going to happen. But, uh, I mean, you know, Juliana Payne is certainly vying to, to make it happen. But, um, I mean, you know, that one, that'll get announced when it gets announced. I mean, I think the bigger uh, – the bigger uh, it's funny that we're talking about that fight first. <laughs> and then – and then I mean, obviously, we talked about the referee stuff or whatever. But another one where actually one of the referees we talked about was the ref. Uh, the odd change of title for uh, – Sterling and Peter Yun. I mean, what's what's your take on on the, the title changing hands over a DQ? You you cool with it or like what? I mean, they're obviously going to have to do it again anyway. So again, um, I mean, the fight went as I kind of felt like it was going to go. Yan uh, was taking over. I thought he'd finish fighting the fourth round. He did. I didn't realize it would be an illegal knee <laughs> and lead to a disqualification. Um, what what well I wrote I wore the pride shirt today in in honor of Peter Yan uh, hmm. because he he was trying to live apparently by the proper rule set uh, just not the one that the the UFC allows I wouldn't I I don't know I mean it, it was a stupid move he made a mistake he's got to pay the price for it um, I liked the Aljamain Sterling that was like this is bullshit I don't want to win a title like this a lot more than the let's do selfies with the title and try to make excuses hmm. now looking at the stats. And the scorecards, which were asinine. I, I mean, I don't even. One judge had him winning that fight, and I. You want to talk? Yeah, about I actually just brought it up. I, Ron, Ron McCarthy had the had scored at twenty eight twenty nine for Sterling, um, and then I mean, the other, I, yeah, I, I, Derek Clearly and Sal D'Amato scored at twenty nine twenty eight for Jan. So, so with that said, with that scoring, had they given a two point deduction, which would have been totally proper considering the the level of the knee that it was you would have the one judge uh, i think he's in mcclary or mccarthy he would have uh that would have essentially locked up the uh the fight for sterling no matter what happened in the fifth round the other two judges it would have been a nine nine round because Jan still would have won the round mm. so or, uh so it would have been nine eight i'm sorry so it would have only been yeah. a one point difference so yeah. it would have been even on those cards going in you got to believe Jan still wins the fifth round That's, i just go ahead that one of the things that uh Dana White said was like what was up with like the there he said they were giving out ten uh 10-8 rounds like they were hotcakes. You know, <laughs> so there was definitely something up with the judging that night. I mean, I didn't even play, I didn't look it up all the scorecards, but um I mean my my I mean my thing is listen, I mean, there's a lot going on when when you're making when you're pretty much it's controlled violence two guys fighting and competing against each other. There's a lot going on. Um, uh, I, I don't know the, the based on the rules set up, you know, the, the title change hands that it, it happened, how it happened. I don't get the hate that people are hating on Sterling or Jan over it. No, no, it's no. fucking stupid. You know what I mean? I have no problem with saying somebody saying Jan is dumb for throwing that knee. I have no problem for somebody thinking that it was a stupid, irresponsible move from throwing that knee. And I don't mm-hmm. think he'll deny that. He said he threw it. He made the mistake. Yeah. He paid the price. So I have no problem with that. I also have no problem with Sterling, uh, with, uh, with Aljo taking the title and 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 going with it. I just think that he needs to be fair to himself. As, especially when, he, when he's clearly that he's not happy about it. 
initially that's what it was. And then mm-hmm. it was like, and then they told him, well, you were up on a scorecard. Oh, well, look at the stats. We all know how that goes. The stats don't tell the story. He was on the verge of getting knocked out. It was really, he was either going to get knocked out or he was going to lose the decision. At least that's what we thought prior to the cards. Um, I, I, we know a rematch is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I'm Sterling, I'm looking at it like, cause I just, I just won the lottery, right? Cause he got paid a title fight purse and now he gets another one. He wasn't going to get another one. He was going to mm-hmm. be five fights away from another title fight. Now he gets another one and where he's going to, in theory, be the champion. Now mm-hmm. he'll get, he gets re if it, ha- well, I don't know what the Reebok expiring, but in theory he would get the championship <laughs> sponsor money. So yeah. he'd get like $40,000 more. I mean, there's a lot of things that come with just being labeled the champion. Yeah. Um, you know, so he might as well roll with it, but I just think it should be more like, Hey, I was getting my ass kicked. I got the belt. Shouldn't happen that way. I'm going to train better for the next time. And I'm mm-hmm. going to beat Peter Yan, and we're going to have a trilogy. I mean, that's how it should, should be going down. Not this. Oh, well, look, if you look at how many punches I landed from my back in round two, you know, like, no, 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 no. But I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, I mean, and, and of course I'm a fan of Sterling. So I think he's definitely got the tools and, and the, the, the know-how on how to beat him. There were some things he was doing that, that um, I'm surprised uh, Ray Longo and them didn't kind of like say to stop doing like, like continuing to, to go for take uh, you were losing those battles with, with uh, you know, with Peter Young's, you know, he, he kept doing those, those trips and sweeps on them. And it's like, so, so how about you stop doing that and just keep trying to fire away and counter punch and stuff like that. Even if you're running away and counter punching, you know, you could you could win on the scorecards with significant strikes, and that's I mean, not for nothing that he doesn't need to hear me, me say that. That's the kind of fighter Sterling is. I mean, he's show, proven to be smarter. But I think uh, it was uh, Daniel Cormier that kind of noticed that there was some, there was a weird um, in his movements and the way he was fighting. There was a weird like uh, urgency that uh, to the point that it was making him do things. You know, like 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 he almost. Uh, the best way I could say it is like, it almost like he wanted it too bad, you know? Well, he came out like he was in like a three minute K one fight, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, the, and the announcers even said that if he can keep up this pace for 24 more minutes, then he's going to be the champion. But the bottom line is you, you can't keep up that pace, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think in the rematch, I think he comes out more, more, uh, you know, I want to say slower, but more, you know, controlled and, um, and, and he certainly can win the fight. I just think he won't. I just don't think he does. I think Jan is that much hmm. better. And and maybe that doesn't, you know, a submission could happen at any time. I just think if they fought 10 times, Jan wins more of them. Yeah. And, but we'll see. Right now in the theory, the 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 books say it's one nothing Sterling. So, yeah. uh, you know, and as far as it going, the belt changing place on a DQ, it's the only way you can do it. You know, you, no, know what, you, you know what? You, you have to punish the champion you can't allow the punish you yeah. can't allow the champion to dq themselves like yeah. it, like it's wwe to keep their well goal. i mean uh john anik and kenny florian's podcast they had dominic cruz on today and they asked him about it and he actually said something really really interesting that stuck with me and he was like you know there's there's, there's a lot of things you do you stand for as a champion and one of the things is someone that you you know you should know the rules and you should be able to conduct yourself as a champion by by acknowledging the rules and the fact that he had to look off to the side and get permission or whatever, or whatever the case was to throw again, a lot goes on in a short amount of time. So I'm not trying to, you know, uh, rag on anybody, but um, I, I, I kind of, that's the side I'm leaning on. 
I don't think uh, Sterling should be too hard on himself for getting the title that way, especially you know they're going to do it again. And uh, he actually, uh, you know, Aljamain Sterling's got his own YouTube channel, Weekly Scraps, where he addressed it in full today. Um, I'll probably write some stuff on it later for one of the outlets I write for. But um, it's been, you know, pay-per-view weekends are always, you know, busy for me before, through, and long after. So we're just coming off of that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, yeah, before we move on, you, you'll get a kick out of this because I mentioned it when I did the MMA News uh, Sunday thing that I do for the Sunday submission. That weird, ti- uh, that whole situation with the title changing hands over off of a DQ. I know they say that's the first one in UFC history, but it reminded me of when Randy Couture lost the, uh, I think it was a light heavyweight title to Vitor Belfort. UFC with a- 46. I was yeah. looking that up. Yep. Yeah. I was at that fight. Won money on Belfort that night. Won a hundred bucks <laughs> to, uh, in what, 11 seconds or whatever. But yeah, same, same closest scenario. Yeah. It's like, it's a technicality that's because of the way the rules are written and how it was stopped. You know, the titles are changing hands of the technicality and Randy Couture got the title back in the re- in the rematch. He destroyed him. So, UFC 49. Yeah. Was that that one too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah. It, it, uh, very somewhat similar. I mean, you didn't have a situation where the guy winning the belt was TKO'd on the ground. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, I my, to me, Mighty Mouse. I actually saw his comment on it, and he said it best: the rules need to change. You shouldn't be able to get on your hands. You shouldn't be able to sit on your knees and stall a fight. Mm. And I've said it in the past before: like Sterling was essentially in the safest position he could yeah. be in an MMA fight. The only option that was left pretty much for Jan was to bend over and try to punch him in the face. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's that. And that goes that's the rules. To, it's the rules. Yeah, it goes back to Cruz's point. You know, if you're the well, champion what, but, of that promotion that follows those rules, again, like you said, you know, Mighty Mouse is in Singapore fighting pride rules. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah no, I got it, you. Yeah. But, like, do, do, was instant replay available? Like, we talk about rules, but I honestly don't know what they are anymore. Because we've had, we have the down, the down opponent rule is different yeah. depending it var- on where you It go. seems like it, it almost seems like it varies like every event we. So with yeah. that said, like I've seen, I've seen still shots right after the knee hits and it mm. shows Sterling's knee off the ground. Now mm. I'm, I'm willing to use my brain and figure that if I drove a knee into someone's face, like I might raise them an inch off the ground. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But with that said, like, unless it was happening behind the scenes, there was no replays. Nobody mm. ever said, Hey, let's look and see if his knee creeps off the ground. Like, so I don't know, like, were replays not available in Nevada on Saturday? Or was it something they didn't bother looking at because it looked so obvious? Yeah. I mean, again, it's the rules, but and, I, and Cruz is 100% right. But yeah. it's also the problem with the UFC. I want Dominic that, Cruz to be my life coach. Yeah. <laughs> just don't be his sponsor. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird that was That's weird. a weird situation. And, and yeah. uh, that Hans Mollenkamp, somebody that I've seen around for, like, 20 years now, he he – He's based out of, you know, I have relatives that worked with him when they were like teenagers and stuff. So I've, he's been around a long time and a, um, I've always kind of wondered what his deal was, but I've never, I've never seen anybody badmouth him before. And that was kind of a weird situation. So apparently we'll Dana White bad, bad mouthed him some years ago. Yeah, but then, that was over his like sponsorships. The almighty Dana fight was. Oracle shared, shared a screenshot of it. And I was just like, Ooh. That's well, I don't, I don't know, you know, not to go too long on this, but I, I doubt you saw it. But on Instagram, Joey Beltran um, put out a, a video on it and him being from San Diego. And he said, here's what I see. He goes, I've known Dominic Cruz and I've known, known Hans Mullenkamp for since the day I started MMA, 2008 in San Diego. 
He goes, Dominic's one of my best friends. He goes, Hans is one of my best friends. He goes, there's been two situations in my life where I wanted to kill Hans Molenkamp. But what did I do? He goes, I got in my car. I drove to his door. I knocked on his door. I got in his face and we settled it like men. And we figured out our, 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 you know, our business. He goes publicly airing it out like that's just not going to, it's not going to do any favors. And if, you know, if anything, it's just going to cost Cruz some money. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I don't know the whole story. I don't yeah. So anything happened. Uh, Luke, up, Lopez, Luke, up, Luke Lopez, Luke Lopez, uh, come, comes over from, uh, MMA news. He follows the Sunday submission came from watches that and became a subscriber of this. So shout out Luke Lopez for supporting the supporting the brand. Thank you, sir. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, that brings us then. Uh, so, so you had, you had Nunez defend, you had, uh, Jan lost his belt contra, you know, with the DQ. And then you had the main event, Jan Blakovich, Israel Adesanya, Again, my prediction. I, I gotta bat myself on the back. I did. Gra- no, I, was, well, I was five for five on the main card. If, we, if yeah, we for the DQ. No, no. Yeah, you're, right. <laughs> you're right about that. But listen, I mean, uh, this fight, like when it was over, I was just like, you know what? Time to to jump off of the the this whole Adesanya light heavyweight. Like let let that go. I mean, what we saw that night, and again, Adesanya still. He's the he's the probably the greatest middleweight, you know, next to Anderson Silva that that's 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 running that division right now. But uh, even John Jones in the middle of the fight, John Jones put on his Instagram was like he was like, I guess that super fight ain't happening. And I was just like, no, sir, not after what we saw. I no. mean, and people fall in love with the idea of these smaller guys going up in divisions and just cleaning house. And we sure we've seen it in certain cases, you know, but not like. Anybody who watched any of Adesanya's fights without being biased either direction knew that if he gets taken down, he's in trouble. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a he's a kickboxer. This is not this is it's not we're not. I don't think we should be shocked that he gets out grappled by a gigantic man who who's pretty damn good at grappling. Yeah. Like I, so and and then when you put together the fact that like striking wise, it's it's you're pretty even when you're going up yeah. a weight class. Your power doesn't carry over. I mean, there's just a lot there. And it was always what I kind of suspected would happen eventually is Adesanya would just be a fish out of water on the ground. I mean, mm. he's not throwing up triangles and stuff like Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva was a legit, legit black belt. He just never used it. And at times it kind of looked like he was a little bit lackadaisical on the ground, but it was because he never had to use it ever. Now, Adesanya in the same boat hasn't had to use it a lot, but if he wants to continue to grow and beat these guys because in theory there's some guys at middleweight who should be able to take him down mm-hmm. you know in theory a gasolum rematch gasolum could spam oh, takedowns. Yeah, yeah you know if weidman ever got to a title fight he'd be somebody who would threaten takedowns mm-hmm. um kevin holland might even be somebody in a year or two when he gets to a title oh yeah fight. yeah you know what i mean probably like, sooner <laughs> maybe even sooner but yeah. th- you've got three four five guys at middleweight who in theory if they use a the right game plan could and, and go for the grappling could really could really throw out Asanya off. And again, that's all everybody gets sucked into the striking and, and Adesanya could have easily been knocked out block Blockovich in the first three rounds. He just didn't. And then by that time, you know, but you want to talk about, I mean, again, we go after the refs. We're going after everybody. That was some <laughs> of the worst commentary I've ever seen in my life for a fight. And I think that Joe Rogan and Cormier should be ashamed at how they called that fight. Right. I, I thought it was, they, you, you know, you didn't hear that. They laughed. They, at the end of the second round, they laughed about Blakovich getting outstruck. Oh. 
They they broke into a joke about it, and they they started laughing. I mean, out. maybe I wasn't paying that much attention. They had they had they were saying how Yon needed a finish. I mean, because like, uh, that fight, I was I was just so much more focused on like on like 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 uh, you know, but especially when he got when when uh, Blackwood's got his hands around him and locked him to to his lower back and got that ta- that takedown. What was that round two or three? I think it was. I was just like, and then and then um, to hear uh, Adesanya explain it because uh, he was giving his end of things. It's you know what I gotta say too. I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping all over, but the thing that if 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 anything pissed me off about that was when it was over. Why the hell did they interview the loser first before speaking with Blackowitz? I mean, it was I mean, maybe there was something going on with getting a translator or whatever. But in my mind, I was like, doesn't the winner? Won't you talk to the winner first? I, you know? it, I figured it's probably because Blakovich is taking extra photos in the ring with his corner man, mm. and they're do, they're spending a little more time celebrating. While yeah, it must have been something out of there. I mean, yeah. I don't know about that. I just, I just know that, it, and I, I, if you were blind, what, listening to that fight, you thought Adesanya won three rounds to two. They had it three rounds to none. Adesanya going into the fourth round, and every other judge's scorecard had Blakovich winning the first two rounds. I mean, he was he won he outstruck him every round. There wasn't out of the five rounds, he outstruck him every single round. And 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 I just it was it was pretty. Bo- I mean, if you wouldn't look back and listen to it, I think you'd be shocked because I was sitting mm. there going, "This is crazy." Like, am I even watching? Oh, it? And I went online, I and a lot of the people the same, you know. And and then, like I said, at the end of the second round, uh, Joe Rogan made a joke about, well. Blokovic can't stand here without a sign. He's getting outstruck left and right. And Cormier starts laughing. Oh yeah. Oh, he's getting outstruck. Mm. It's, you know, there it is. John gets zero respect. Exactly. Luke. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and uh, I, I think he'll get it now. Um, but uh, I was just shocked. I, I, the biasness was crazy and I, and mm. it's not surprising. We, it happens all the time and happens with me, happens with you, happens with commentators, but yeah, I got it. Like, I, I just can't imagine making a joke about somebody being unstr- outstruck. No, and then, when, and then to... when the stats come out, it shows that you're wrong. Yeah. It, to me, it makes you look kind of like a fool. But again, most yeah. people just, it just, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. um, and I think that's why like a lot of people are, are sh- were shocked at the cards. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't know what you're I shocked mean, at. Like, yeah, I, no, I, no. I, I, I had it five to none, Jan. Judge, the referees had, or the, the, the judges had it four rounds to one. You yeah. know, and, and I felt like, okay, am I crazy? Am I crazy thinking it's five rounds to none? You know, because the, the, the commentators are telling me that Adesanya's won this fight, you know, <laughs> unless it's a 10-8 round. And I'm going, well, you know, but but neither here nor there. A huge win for Jan Blakovich. Um, looks like Glover Teixeira is next, which will be a, uh, which will yeah, be a so, really fun fight. So that was one of the things, the other thing that, that, that folks were kind of, you know, sometimes there's a self-correction that occurs, and I feel like, Thankfully, that you know now that now they, they they did this little Adesanya experiment that that it failed. So now they can get back to the actual business of this division, and mm-hmm. and the right the rightful person gets to fight. None of this, uh, you know, like they're chasing Khabib forever. To, you know, to, how many dinners is Dana White going to take Khabib out to before they they make they make a final decision on that that whole thing? But um, there's a couple of other uh, just talking about stuff from the. Uh, light heavyweight division, the opener for the main card. Um, I mean, remember when we were talking about Tiago Santos and coming off of injuries? And I'm mm-hmm. just, I, I know he's put something on social. I didn't get to see what it was, but I mean, 
I mean, do you think he needs to? He's got a case of the yips or whatever they call it in baseball when you when you need like a sports psychologist or. or... Well, after what I saw on Saturday, if I'm uh, Anthony Smith and I'm Tiago Santos, I'm trying mm. to figure out how to get back down to 185. Mm. If I'm Anthony Smith, I want a chance to wrestle at Asanya. Mm. If I'm Kamaru Usman, I'm calling for a double title fight next weekend with a, with the Asanya. Mm. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's yeah. really the fight that should be made, especially if Adesanya is going to weigh in at 200 pounds. Like he didn't even he didn't even bulk up. It was like, oh, I'm just good enough. I'm going to go mop the floor with, the, uh, floor with this Polish guy. Like mm. it was not even like so to me, Usman. If I'm Usman, I'm going, dude. If he's going to weigh 200 max, and that's it, let's that's for a, that's his natural weight, and I can weigh 190 max, mm. dude. Give mm. me that guy. Yeah. I especially I I can wrestle. I can I can get him down, wrestle, and lay on top of him and become a double champion. I yeah. mean, to me, that's like that's the opening that that we see, and and now to me, it's up to Adesanya to prove now the doubters like me wrong. He's going to have to <laughs> learn. His, he's going to have to stop that he can't yeah. get taken down in another fight and get grinded out like that because he didn't put up any there was no threat yeah. there was no you know so i don't know so but, uh, did, did uh overall ufc 259 i mean i i think it was a pretty good card overall i didn't like the the main event but the co-main obviously the co-main and the and the bantamweight title fight you know made made for some interesting conversation afterward but overall i thought the card was uh was pretty good yeah no i enjoyed it I, I thought it was one of the better, better for 15 fights. Um, yeah. There really wasn't any that I, like stood out that I wouldn't watch again. How um, about, how about that? We didn't lose any fights. <laughs> that, that was amazing. That's, that's the craziest thing. I mean, yeah. that might go, that might go down as the biggest upset of the year. Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine if you could have, we could have done, put some action on that. I bet I, I would imagine there was some website out there taking action on, uh, on, uh, you know, a perfect card. I mean, who, man, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, UFC keeps rolling. So yeah. uh, you know, like I said, the difference between this card and some like the one next week is that this one had, you, you know, the names, the fights meant stuff. Now we're gonna see where this is gonna go. I mean, it doesn't mean much, nothing can mean more than all of a sudden a division no longer existing because of the results of a fight. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> I mean, we're getting this. You know, I, I I I think I can. Her stream is gonna be up. So when we're done with this, I'm gonna go on Twitch and and. Uh, see what she said specifically but i mean it looks like people are going crazy over what she said and i mean uh, uh you know it's just uh it's just like people are still talking about it as we're as we're doing there's, this there's not enough that ufc doesn't have enough females in that division like what what does she think and it's been clear since day one if the ufc so, wanted to have that division they wouldn't have only signed four fighters so apparently i mean one of the things dana white said at the post fight press conference was that when they're addressing the featherweight division, they want to keep that he wants to keep it cranking as long as Nunes wants to con- continue defending the title. So maybe, maybe she said something. You know, she's a new mom now or whatever. So who knows? For now, say that again for Nunes. As long as Nunes wants to keep defending that title, they'll they'll keep the division cranking. Well, that's no. yeah, but I don't I don't think that that's I mean, I think that they're going to let her keep the title and they're going to let her keep the the title of. Mm champion yeah in case something comes up and they can always promote her as a double champion but i mean who she there's nobody to defend it against she's already mm-hmm. beat the other what two other girls she already beat spencer and anderson um and and i don't think you're not going to have a person off the contender series with like three pro fights fighter now 
Um, and, and that person's going to get loose to Spencer when they fight because she has no ground game. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, there's just not, it's just not there. I mean, the reality was if UFC really wanted to have that division going. So about Felicia Spencer? Let... I thought she did have a ground game. No, no. I mean, the, uh, the, the girl she's fighting from the, the contender series, I think has very little. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean. Spencer's as a result of being a, a as good of a female grappler as there is, she's going to take this other chick down. I probably see. finish okay. her quick. So there's not like a, it's not like you're going to go, Oh, well maybe an upset will happen and we have another title contender. I highly don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like if the UFC was serious about this, they would have never let cyborg go. You know, if yeah, you really, well. I mean, I mean, people were clamoring for a Nunes cyborg rematch, even after that first fight, when, when it was a minute knockout, you could have sold a rematch for that the next weekend and a million people would have bought it. Yeah. You know, if you really wanted to push that division and then, you know, and, and Bellator doesn't have a 145 pound women's division, really, if Cyborg's not over there. You know, I mean, you had Julia Budd, but right now they'd be in the, it'd be the roles would be reversed. You know, Bellator would be looking at how to fold that division. So I, like I said, I, I think it works out great for Bellator. I think, uh, you know, you, you got the release. Uh, who did the UFC release the other day? We got some big names. Uh, JDS uh, and um, JDS and, uh, and Overeem. Of Overeem. I mean, Jesus Christ, Bellator's got a chance to really stock up. You know, PFL announced their heavyweight roster today, so I was wondering if they were going to try to do a last-minute deal to try to get one of those guys to jump in. But uh, it looks to me like that that tournament's set up for Overeem. Or, I'm sorry, for uh, Fabrizio Verdun um, to pull it off. Well, I mean, the, the thing about the PFL is you never know. I mean, a lot of people thought Jake Shields was going to be the guy for their welterweight or John Fitch or any of those guys. and. And then Ray Cooper came out and ruined, you know, ruined the party for everybody. So that's what's cool about the PFL is that they definitely no even, anything can happen. Yeah. I'm just saying that you know I I would uh, without looking at the odds I would have to believe Verdun's the the favorite. Um, I know Justin Willis is in it, and in theory I guess he could cause some problems if he's able to get dudes down. But um, I, I you know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but uh, I think it works out best for Bellator. Bellator could really pick up a lot of names in the next week or two if if, uh, if they start coming in. I know Ryan Bader was calling for Overeem and, and JDS to join their heavyweight roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the guys still got a couple fights left in them, and, and there's some interesting potential matchups if you, yeah. if you want to go about that route. But, um, yeah, fun event. Like I said, the UFC is on again this weekend. Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Leon Edwards main event uh, that's under your favorite uh, ESPN plus platform. Uh, so we're not going to get too deep into that. We'll talk about some of the results next week. Uh, stay tuned uh, now for the, on the audio version for Ed's interview with uh, Aaron Jeffrey uh, fighting in the CFFC 93 main event this Friday night on UFC fight pass for the middleweight world title of CFFC. Until then, fans can always check us out at allaccessmma.com. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and OldHeadCarb on Twitch. Ed, find out what Megan Anderson's got to say and, uh, <laughs> and let us know next week where we're at with that division. Yes, siree. Have a good night, brother. <laughs> All right, Edward Carvajal here for SureDog.com interviewing uh, Mr. Aaron Jeffrey, who uh, is fighting at CFFC 93, the main event for the title, right? Middleweight title? That's correct. 
So uh, I got a couple of questions. Uh, excuse me for looking down because I have my notes here. But um, a uh, couple of questions just because as a, as a, things I'm running into, I was rewatching some of your old fights and, and looking at some stuff online. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you was what, what was up with the uh, that MMA Mullets video? Was that something that you did on your own and Fight Pass took it or did um, they ask you to do it? I, I don't exactly know how it happened, but uh, the same guy who uh, who set me up with you, Michael, um, I think he's in touch with Fight Pass, and he was in talks with them. Um, and yeah, somehow they came up with this idea. Um, actually, just last week, I talked to one of the guys from Fight Pass too, the guy that's kind of running this stuff, uh, and he loved it apparently and wants me to do more stuff. So I'm down, man. It's funny. It is funny. So are, are you like? Have you been raiding mullets for a while? <laughs> no, it's, this is my first time rating mullets. Okay, no, it's funny because it's weird the things that that will will catch on. There's a guy out here in Jersey yeah. that rates benches, like public yeah. benches, yeah. and he's picked up a huge following, and he's got like sponsors and everything because yeah. of it. So yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. So uh, one thing I was looking when I was watching the uh, I was watching your last fight from uh, LFA. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh the they kept commenting on on your gym parabellum mm-hmm. when did uh, how long have they been around and, and when did they or at least when did they pick up that name because uh I, it means something really cool doesn't it yeah it does um parabellum actually closed though during the the covid oh man yeah they uh i think there was some some more stuff behind the scenes beforehand um, but then COVID kind of was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So Parabellum is no more, but, uh, I still work with, uh, my head coach from there, Lyndon Whitlock. Um, but yeah, Parabellum, what is it, what does it mean again? Something about, uh, is it, um, it's something Latin. And I know the only reason why I, I re- it came to mind when I was watching your, your fight from LFA, um, uh, it's not peace prepare for war. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Yes, uh, the owners Rory McDonald. Um, he's uh, he's a big book nerd. He's a super smart guy, so uh, he likes all this old Latin stuff. So I think he came up with that. Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm sorry they closed down, but I know. I mean, trust me, I've I've felt uh, that part of COVID as uh, somebody sure. that sure. that teaches at a martial arts school myself. I mean, we had to close down, and we just opened up a new spot uh, like in May. But uh, I mean, it's still like struggling. So yep. uh, I, I get it, man. I'm sorry that happened. Um, speaking of COVID, I mean, with that on top of that, I mean, that leads me to my next question. I mean, I know you fought a couple of times during this whole thing, but uh, like, how has it been training and keeping focus, especially with what you just told me? Yeah, it's it's weird to say the least. I mean, um, like, I think still technically what we're doing is considered illegal. Uh, we've had bylaw officers come into the gym and try and shut us down. Uh, like she pulls out her notebook and she's counting heads and writing down notes and starting to write tickets and shit. Um, we haven't got any tickets yet, but I mean, we've had a few close calls. We have people like calling and snitching every day. Uh, so wow. it's really an inconvenience. Um, and I'm lucky enough to, to have gotten to fight, um, but travel is weird. Like you're getting asked the weird questions. This time we got to get the, the COVID PCR test before we leave um for both my last fights entering canada you have a two-week quarantine so i'm just like stuck at home again for two weeks after so uh it's not ideal that's for sure oh wow man i mean that's that's really rough it's Mm -hmm. just it's weird it's weird to see especially like you said there's people that are i don't know man as as somebody like i'm i don't 
train at your level or anything like that. But it, for me, it's it's training is therapeutic. It's necessary to me. So when I hear stuff like that, it's kind of like, I mean, this is your livelihood, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's just, um, I don't know. It's disturbing to hear because there's there's always two arguments. I spoke with uh, another fighter who was uh, 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 teaching too, and he got shot. Down. He actually passed away last year, Sergio De Silva. And um, I mean, it was it's just like, you know, what do they expect? What else do they expect you to do? I mean, yeah. it's uh, oh wow. I mean that that's it. Just goes more to show what, with what's coming up uh, on March 12th for you. Mm -hmm. I mean the the focus has got to be up turned up ten times, right? For sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, your opponent, uh, Colin Huck, is it Huck Body? Am I saying Huck Body? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he seems like a submission guy, and I and I know it looked like uh, most of your your wins come by K or TKO. So, I mean, is this like a classic striker versus grappler match uh, when you're looking at it on paper? Um, that's not how I look at it, but I'm sure that's how everyone else is going to look at it. I don't know if they're probably going to talk about it on the broadcast or something. I'm sure some, some media outlets are going to write about it that way. Um, yeah, the funny thing is, uh, I train now at primarily a, a wrestling gym and through my whole training career has pretty much been jujitsu gyms. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny that I'm, I'm known as the striker now because, uh, it's definitely not how I consider myself, but, uh, it's working for me, I guess. So you consider yourself uh, like more of a grappler then because of all the jiu-jitsu experience? Yeah. Um, like I never wrestled in, in university, but I started training with the university wrestling team. Uh, and now my my head coach uh, is like an Olympic level wrestler. Um, and we uh, the university here is Brock University. And I train with those guys sometimes. And the head coach there is Mar Marty Calder. Uh, and he's a two-time Olympian. Um, so I like to consider myself a wrestler. I mean, the the wrestlers in the wrestling room don't consider me one. They consider me the MMA guy that comes in sometimes. But uh, yeah, I like to wrestle. I mean, it, you know, it's 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 uh, weird when you're when you're coming from uh, watching the sport as long as I have. I mean, I'm training for. I mean, I've been training over twenty years, and it looks like there's there's this there's a weird class of people that say it's either MMA guys are jack of all trades or master of nothing, mm -hmm. or there's guys that come from a, a discipline and add to that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, would you say that you're adding striking to an already strong wrestling discipline or are you the more of the, the MMA well-rounded, you know, category? Yeah, I always say I'm, I'm equally bad at everything. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put myself in that category. Yeah, I mean it, it's just uh, it, it it's it's weird to hear you say that because I was like I was expecting you to to say something the opposite based on what like you said the broadcast yeah they made, they made you sound like you were you know a K one kickboxer yeah. yeah I know talking about my uh, my kickboxing pedigree uh, <laughs> which is nothing basically <laughs> so uh, where what is uh I mean the 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 title uh, for middleweight at CFFC ninety three mm -hmm. that's on the line for for yeah. in the main event right yes. So does this, if you, I mean, obviously you get this, if, if you get the win, um, are you looking to get another run at contender series or, or are you just looking to defend or, or just see how it plays out with the rest of the year? Probably just see how it plays out. Um, I just had another interview too with, uh, MMA junkie and they, they do an article and it's called on the doorstep and they pick five fighters that are, uh, like ready for the next level, ready for the mm -hmm. big show that should be there after the next fight. And I just interviewed, uh, I interviewed with the same guy at the same time last year for the same article. It was on the doorstep, the five fighters. And I was featured last year at this time and this year they're doing it for me again. So mm. I don't really know, man. I mean, all I can do is keep winning fights and hopefully get the calls. So we'll see. 
Well, I mean, you're you're a young man. I mean, it looks like uh, you know, when at the doorstep now, especially with, with the growth of the sports for uh, 26, 27 years it's been around, you know, you could the doorstep doesn't have to be, you know, one certain doorstep. There are many now. Yeah. Um, is there a, are, are you like uh open to all the other options out cuz right now you see all the news with the PFL signees mm-hmm. and Bellator and and um you know, one and, and all the other options overseas. So, I mean, uh, are you interested in fighting, you know, everywhere at, yeah. at, at any of those organizations? I think so, man. I mean, if someone comes with an offer and it looks good, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's just, uh, I'm so, it, it bothers me that <laughs> I feel bad because we started off talking about the mullets and then you, you told me <laughs> that what you're going through and I'm like, damn, I, I feel for what's happened to this guy out there. Um, it's rough, man. It's it's just rough for you to to to, like. I mean, the fact that you already had two fights with the travel and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, had especially with what happened with the gym. Does that mean like? Did you ever think about like maybe I have to relocate or or are you are you trying to tough it out? Um, well, uh, my one coach, Chris Prickett, the the wrestling guy, he had just opened a gym actually right before COVID, which was like horrible timing. Um, but I was lucky enough to have that gym to go to. They didn't end up going under Parabellum closed, but I was lucky enough to have Niagara top team to, to kind of fall back on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still getting in the full-time training. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, you feel bad for me and stuff, but I mean, like it's all first world problems for me. Like I am not a guy that like lost a, a big job that was making lots of money and I'm not like struggling to make ends meet to, to feed a family or anything like that. At least, I mean, I think there's a lot more people that are are much more harmed by the situation than me. So, yeah, lucky enough to be in my situation for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's just it just caught me off guard when you said yeah. it. I was like, I mean, especially because, like I said, I could relate. I I I went through something similar here in yeah. New Jersey. It's too, because it's like it's so different everywhere. Like I I know a bunch of guys down in the states that are training and everything seems like totally normal. Like a bunch of guys in Florida, they're all just training and there's pictures of them going out and everything seems like normal life mm-hmm. and that's where i am near near toronto i think uh i just read something the other day that said like we're the most lockdown region in north america mm. um like we had a stay at home order that was like you're not allowed to leave your house unless it's for something essential which is like gas or healthcare or groceries or or that kind of stuff so i mean it's crazy the uh the discrepancy between like different places it is crazy. You're right about that. I was just talking to people in Florida last night about this very thing. So, where did um, you say you were? I'm in New Jersey. Well, okay, we're flying into New Jersey um, on Saturday, actually, and then driving to Philly. What's it like there? What are your restrictions? Uh, I mean, there's a limited capacity, but uh, I mean, we've been able to open up and train at indoor sports. I think is like 10 percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, we're it's no it's. What's that? No contact. Uh, I mean, it's we we. I, I've been rolling, yeah. <laughs> and then nobody stopped us. So, yeah, yeah. so it's it's not. We don't have people like you said. I mean, I I feel like uh, May, April, May. We had to worry about people like calling people mm-hmm. on us, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's definitely been uh, you know lightened up since. So, yeah, I mean, if 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 uh, when you maybe when you come this way, you'll be able to get a little bit more, you know time in between it's march 12th so you have a couple of weeks right yeah we leave on saturday so we'll have like six days down there yeah 
I don't know so, what we're going to do. I mean, we booked a pretty sick Airbnb. I'm looking forward to that, to just going <laughs> at a nice place for a few days. We've got to find somewhere to train while we're there. Oh, okay. Do you know where, where you're going to be? Like what location? Uh, well, we're just flying into Jersey. Then we drive to Philly and we're like right downtown Philly. So I'm sure okay. there's something. Oh yeah. There, there should be some stuff there. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I know Miglaris is in Philly and a couple other people. So, um, but all, all right. Uh, CFFC 93. That's March 12th on UFC fight pass. Aaron Jeffrey. I mean, I, I wish you all the luck in the world. I mean, it looks like things will be getting better in the, as time goes on, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I watch all the stuff on Fight Pass, especially, I mean, I, I hope the mullet thing becomes a regular, you know, it's, thing on social. I, but, I, I just realized that the other day. I'm like, I guess I can never cut this now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Is it bothering you at all or no? No, no, I like it. It's just funny how much, like, traction it picked up as, like, something that I did as a dumb joke. Like, I had, like, the COVID hair. Everyone mm-hmm. was growing their hair out because it was, like, illegal to go to the barber or whatever. Uh, so I was just growing it out. And then uh, I was, like, back in the gym full time, and it was, like, in my face and shit, and I hated it. So I was like, okay, I'll just I'll just cut off the top and leave the back. That'll be funny for a bit. And then it just picked up so much traction, and now I'm like, well, I'm stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have one when I was, you know, middle school. I wish I had yeah. pictures of it, but yeah. I don't have it anymore. So my apologies for breaking the trend. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Good man. luck to you. If you want to uh, uh, throw out your social and stuff and sponsors for, for folks to follow. Yeah. Um, everywhere at AAJMMA. Hit me up. All right. Cool. Thank you so much. You, Good luck to you. Thanks, dude. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.